Well, if you have a copy of Scripture with you, I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. We are continuing our series, The Joy of Christmas. And uh, we've been looking at a lot of different things. And today I want to bring a message to you. But our main text this morning is Luke chapter 2. If you have a copy with you, I'd love for you to be there with me. If not, you can grab your smartphone and join us on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. Faithchurchks.org, that's the central hub. And right there you'll see a sermon notes icon. You just click on that and you can follow along with us this morning. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. This is the portion of the Christmas story that I want to read today. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Where's all my night shift workers at in the house? God bless you night shift workers. Right there, it's biblical, and you made the Christmas story. Way to go. (laughs) There were shepherds keeping watch of their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, No, 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 don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Come on, somebody say good news. Great joy. All people. Say it again. Good news. Great joy. All people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the one angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, when they had seen him, when they discovered Jesus, when they saw Jesus for the first time. Do you remember when you met Jesus for the first time? Come on, when they saw him with their own eyes, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. I love this part. And all who heard it were amazed. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, oh, I love this. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as the angel told them about. I love the Christmas story. It is such a remarkable story. I want to preach a message to you for the next few minutes entitled Viral Christmas. Touch your neighbor and say, it's a viral Christmas. Go ahead, tell them. Turn to your neighbor that was your second choice and announce the title. It's a viral Christmas. I think uh, the Christmas story really is a remarkable, remarkable story. Uh, They say that in order for something to be considered remarkable, I know this is probably going to blow your mind, but in order for something to be considered remarkable, it has to be worth making remarks about. I know it's, it's complicated. But it has to be worth making remarks about in other, and for it to be remarkable. 
Because sometimes not everything that we make remarks about are really amazing, but everything amazing should be talked about. And so I believe the Christmas story is one of the most remarkable stories ever. I mean, there are so many components to this Christmas story. Angels that show up, and then all of a sudden more angels start showing up, and they're singing, and shepherds, and, and a baby, and claws, and mangers, and, and, and all of the things that are going. There are so many parts of the Christmas story that are both believable and unbelievable. But all are true, and all have significance. It is a remarkable Story. This idea of stories or things that are remarkable is really illustrated. Uh, there's a, a the man by the name of Seth Godin. Seth Godin is an author and a advertising guru, and he talks about this idea of things being remarkable that just kind of spread like wildfire. Uh, he talks about it in regards to the sliced bread. How many of you have ever heard the, the phrase, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread? bread, right? I just want to know what was so amazing before sliced bread. What was this phrase? Like, this is the greatest thing since the thimble. Like, I don't think it has the same punch, the same. This is the greatest thing since an oak-driven plow. I, I, I don't know what the thing would, like, I have no idea what it would be. But regardless, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but the, the funny thing is that sliced bread wasn't all that remarkable at first. In fact, it was first invented around 1917 when a man created a, a thing to slice the bread automatically and keep it soft and, and amazing. But it wasn't until 1930 that news about the sliced bread actually began to spread to where sliced bread really did become the amazing invention and the greatest thing on earth. I can't believe that for over 100 years we haven't come up with anything more remarkable than sliced bread. I mean, the internet, that's kind of cool, right? I, I don't know. Like we haven't updated the saying at all, but it stands the test because it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And what, what propelled it after almost 15 years of uh, things being basically unknown about sliced bread was this one company called Wonder picked up the invention and decided to tell the world about bread. It became known as Wonder Bread. And sliced bread spread and everybody heard about it. And it was simply because something was indeed amazing, but it was worth talking about. And the more people talked about it, the more news spread. We have a new way of talking about things that are amazing that spread so quickly uh, regarding word of mouth uh, excitement. We have a phrase today called going viral. Everything goes viral these days. And they say something goes viral, a post, a video. Something goes viral when it has 5 million views or shares when a, within a three to seven day period of time. 5 million. There were several things that went viral this year in our society. The first one that went viral this year was known as the Super Bowl Selfie Kid. You remember this back in the Super Bowl during the halftime show? This entertainer named Justin Timberlake went up into the stands and took a selfie with a preteen boy. He automatically became the most popular person on the internet. And every 20 and 30-something-year-old girl was hashtag jealous. Because this guy got hugged by JT. Come on. He brought sexy back, didn't you know? And it went absolutely viral. That wasn't the only thing to go viral this year. There were, there were things like the meme that's still floating around all over social media and the internet called Change My Mind. 
see a guy sitting behind the table says, change my mind. And the, the caption might read something like, uh, Patrick Mahomes talks like Kermit the Frog. Change my mind. But like, Donald Trump's hands really aren't tiny. Change my mind. Like, it's all over the place. There are all sorts of these memes, and they've just gained traction all through the year. Uh, recently, around uh, Thanksgiving time, uh, something went viral. It was called microwaving turkeys. Everybody was trying to figure out, how do you microwave a turkey? It went viral. Everybody was talking about these things. And then, of course, you have things that went viral for kind of wrong reasons, like Tide Pods. Everybody was talking about Tide Pods for a long time because that wasn't a healthy trend for our teenagers these days. And then, of course, Mario Kart made a comeback in the internet world for all the wrong reasons. It wasn't very good. And then, of course, you can't forget the great debate between Yanni and Laurel. Did the audio file, did they say Laurel, or was it Yanni? Like, which one was it? And the debate raged on, and while many people were team Yanni, and many people were team Laurel, everybody else was like, I'm all about the black dress. Where was that one at? Where's the gold and blue dress? I don't know what color the dress was. And then, of course, you have the, the things of uh, the dance called flossing. Everybody's flossing. Not me. Y'all thought you were about to get some. No, sir. I ain't flossing on stage. And of course, Fortnite picked up. Everybody's talking about Fortnite. That's a viral thing. And who could forget the day and the event that stopped the world in its tracks called the Royal Wedding. All of these things spread like wildfire, not because they themselves were remarkable in the sense that they were amazing things and they were can't-miss things. No, the reason they went viral was because people kept talking about it. All people kept talking about it. Things that go viral touch the lives of many different types of people. It's, it's, it's something that all people talk about. Not just one grouping, not just one side. No, it, it ends up eating all people. Listen, Jesus showed up and was born in a manger and the angels came to announce, hey, listen, I've got some good news for all people because the gospel of Jesus and the birth of our Savior should go viral. It should be spread and talked about in every coffee shop and barber shop. It should be talked about in every schoolhouse and in every home, in every car and in every phone call. It should be talked about wherever you're talking. You should be talking about the Christ in Christmas. It is good news for all people. Listen, the good news doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate on your skin color. Good news doesn't discriminate on your socioeconomic background. It doesn't, it doesn't discriminate based on what your bank account reveals about who you are. It doesn't discriminate against your sexual orientation and the choice of how you choose to identify yourself. The gospel is good news for all people. And it brings great joy to all who hear it. Good news doesn't discriminate. 
Faith Church, this is a place where you can belong. You might have walked with God your entire life, and this may be the first time you're really hearing about Jesus. You belong here. Why? Because we are a church that will always proclaim the good news to bring great joy to all people. It doesn't matter if you've got a broken family or a well-put-together Instagram family. You belong here because the good news doesn't discriminate. The good news isn't just for a select few who are elite and chosen and this and that. No, no. It's good news for all people. Pastor, how can you say that? Because the first people that heard and got to give witness to the good news were the rejects of society, known as shepherds. The dirtiest profession that they had. Vagabonds who lived out in the fields amongst the rocks. They were filthy, they never showered, and they were covered in sheep poo. You could smell them from miles coming. You herded your sheep, you were there morning, noon, and night. You took shifts watching over your flocks because you didn't want an animal to come and steal them. They were ravaged with fearful thinking. They had no real financial wherewithal. They were the rejects of all of their society, but yet they were the first people Jesus said, hey, I want you to know that there's some good news coming. It's going to bring great joy to all people. For unto you this day is born a Savior. Jesus is good news. And good news is worth spreading. It's worth spreading. Some of us are consumed with the news. We hear lots of news. We think about the news. We talk about the news. We even publicize fake news. But we don't really care because it's news and we're going to talk about the news. I think it's time to quit worrying about all of the bad news and talking about how much there's bad news. And every time you turn on TV, it's just more bad news and more bad news and more fake news. I think it's time we stop sharing and talking and thinking about all of the bad news. I say we discover some good news that's actually going to bring some people some good joy. And we start sharing that. We start distributing those things. We start talking about how God is on the move. We start talking about how Jesus showed up, how he brings hope, how he brings joy, how he brings life, how he loves you, how he welcomes you in and brings you in. I say it's time we let Christmas go viral because we decided we're going to share some good news because it brought us great joy and it's for everybody. It's for everybody. The question then is, Pastor, what is it that we should share? I mean, should we just tell people that they're wrong because they put an X in front of the word moss? Should we, should we just correct people who uh, think one way about Christmas and they're all about shopping and they're not putting the Christ in Christmas and we should just, is that what we should share? No, no, no. Let me give you two things that I think every person in this room needs to begin sharing consistently. Two things. Two things that if we can recognize that as believers, as people of God, we've been given such a great, amazing, good news, grace-filled Jesus-centered message. I think we ought to share it. Two things that I think we need to share. What, what do we share? Number one, I think you need to share an invitation. I think you need to share an invitation. Invite others to come and experience a life-giving service like we do every week here at Faith Church. 
I think you need to invite people. You need to share an invitation. Specifically, I think you need to, I think we should be sharing invitations specifically for this coming Sunday. We have those little invite cards. You need to take as many as you can grab and begin inviting people. Share an invitation. Why? Because there's good news that they need to hear. This last Sunday, somebody shared with me a quick story. They uh, are part of our church, and he was out with a client and happened to be interacting with this client, and he recognized that this client uh, was going to be around for the holidays, and they don't live here full-time. They are kind of have, have a home that they come to for a good period of time, and they're here for a little bit. And he was talking with them and realized that they don't have a, a place to celebrate Christmas necessarily, no church family. And so he pulled out one of our invite cards, gave it to him, and said, hey, why don't you come and, and join us for Christmas on the 23rd? We think you'll really enjoy it. Just come if you can. He shared an invitation. I, I was thinking about a young lady who uh, about six weeks ago attended our church for, for her first time. She was came because a co-worker invited her to come and promised her that we weren't the weird type of Pentecostals. Like, really, it's okay. It's not going to get crazy. It, it'll be just come and see. She's been coming and God has been transforming her life. God has been shifting some things in her all because somebody shared an invitation. It blessed my heart this week because that same gal shared on social media a broad open invite to anybody who would want to come and join her at church. Because something has been happening in her life and she just wants that good stuff to be shared with other people. I think as believers, we always need to have our eyes open and an opportunity to invite those. We need to be willing to share an invitation. Listen, as a church, we are willing to do anything short of sin to point people to Jesus. If it's not sinful, we're willing to give it a try. We will give you free beverages as you walk into the sanctuary so that you feel comfortable enough to let your guard down just long enough that you can find and hear the message of Jesus. We will serve week in and week out to create an environment that your kids love to attend so that you can sit in a service and hear about Jesus without any uh, split distraction or attention so that you can have your undivided attention to hear the message of Jesus and find hope in your life. This week, we're, we're going to begin expanding some in our kids' elementary room to make more room for more kids to hear the message of Jesus. Why? Because we are committed to helping every person know that faith can be brought to life inside of them. Because there is good news that brings great joy for all people, old people and little people. It's good news for all people. We are a church that is committed to making room for more people. That's why we're doing two services and not just one service on Sunday. That's why in the new year, we'll likely have to multiply services because this year as a church, we've seen God do some amazing things in our midst. We've been blowing past certain uh, attendance benchmarks that have been unheard of for our church. We're blowing right through them. We've already seen 59 people this year say yes to Jesus. I'm believing. I'm believing that this next Sunday, for 50 people to say yes to Jesus amongst our two services. My question is, are you going to be one of the reasons why they say yes? What if your invitation to come and see the Savior 
is the one invitation that they need to meet their Savior. What if it's because you just stepped outside and said, hey, why don't you come? Because you went to Walmart and say, hey, why don't you come this week? All because they just scanned your groceries and they didn't have a smile on their face, but you wanted them to smile because they need some great joy and they need to hear some good news. So why not invite them to come hear some good news? That's for all people. Well, I don't know who I should invite. Are they breathing? Invite them. Do they fall in the category of person? Invite them. This isn't a pet-friendly facility, but it is a people-friendly facility. People belong here. As a church, we want to help bring faith to life in people who are far from faith in Christ. People who have been so familiar with Christ, it's become a religion and just an exercise. We want to reach them too, but we want to reach people who've fallen away from faith. Who do you know in your life that is close to you, but far from God? Would you be willing and caring enough to share some good news with them by sharing an invitation to come to Christmas service? To come and attend service with you? Sometime here at Faith Church to invite them to save their seat. What? Who do you know that's close to you? A friend, somebody you are in relationship with, but they're not close to God. What if you become the bridge, the link that gets them far from God to close to God just because they are close to you? I think we could share some invitations. Because it is good news of great joy for all people. The second thing I think we need to share, not only should we share an invitation, but I think we need to share our story. We need to share our story. You could dress that up and talk about your testimony if you'd like. That's a good church word for for you longtime churchers. Testimony. But what's your story? What's your story? What was your life like before you met God? What was it that brought you to meet God? And what has God done since you've met him? That's your story. What what was life like before you started coming and being a part of Faith Church? What has it meant to you to be here and experience? And what have you seen and what have you heard? And what has God done as a result of that? What is the thing that you struggled with? I mean, you were a Christian for a long time. You were raised up in the church, but you struggled. You had doubts, you had worries, you had concerns. And somewhere, something happened. You made a decision, you responded in some way. And all of a sudden, faith began to come alive on the inside of you. And now, what is life like now that life is alive? That is your story. It's your story. Nobody can debate your story. I mean, unless you're completely lying about it. But if you're being honest about your story, nobody can argue and say, well, I don't believe that's true. What? No. I'm telling you, this was my life. This is how it is now. And I can't tell you, it's, how, it's been night and day difference what God has done. I'm telling you, I found the Savior and it meant good news. It brought great joy. And that's why I have joy at Christmas time. Like, what is it that you could share with somebody? What is your story? What, what has God been doing in your life lately? Listen, if you've been a Christian for a really long time, you don't have to go all the way back to your like 
well, I was six years old and I said yes to Jesus and I've kind of been saved my whole life. And No, no, no. In the last six months, what has God been doing in your heart lately? If all of your stories have to do with previous years, friends, it's possible that you're not living in a relationship. You're just living out of religion. Because when you're following God in a relationship, he's speaking something. He's challenging you in some way. He's inspiring you in some way. Something is happening in the community that you're living in where you're seeing God at work. And you can't wait to share it because it's such good news. What's your story? I think we need to share our story. Who are the people that we know that that we could just talk about our story in conversation? You don't need to throw some party and I'm going to have a story party. Everybody come over. I'm going to cook some things. I promise there's not going to be a sales pitch afterwards, but I just want to tell you my story. You don't have to do that, but just in conversation. How can you share your story with somebody? Because it's going to bring encouragement. Because either you've had some good news and discovered a great joy, or you haven't. And I would venture to say that there is more good going on in your life than what you've realized yet. You have just discounted it and and created these hurdles to think that there's nothing good to share. But I'm telling you, you've got more to share than what you realize. A lot of times we have these hurdles that that we have when we hear about, hey, you need to share your faith story. You need to share your faith story. And we're like, ah, the first one that, that often comes up is people will say, well, I don't really have a story. And what they mean is, I don't have anything spectacular. I don't have anything. I wasn't a drug addict, right? Like, like you don't have to have a meth lab in your garage to have a story. Like, no. I mean, God loves those people, and there are people who have those stories. I am not one of those people. You know what my story is? I was blinded by pride. I was full of selfishness. And I clothed it in a religious attitude. But I saw who Jesus was. And he broke free in my life. And now I want to live unencumbered and, and pressing on towards the goodness of who God is. It's, it's, see, it's, I don't have some down and out. And so many times we discredit what God has done because it doesn't look as spectacular as what somebody else has to share. Friends, the spectacular eventually grows stale. What really satisfies is something of substance. Do you have a life that is grounded, that is fresh, that has something substantive that God has been saying and doing in your life? He is the bread of life after all. He never grows stale. He's always baking up something fresh in your life. If you can recognize what he's been doing fresh in your life, it won't grow stale. It's got some substance and it's going to satisfy what they need to hear. Don't discount your story just because it doesn't seem so spectacular. This week, I had a couple in our church send me their their story. And they said, well, I'd be happy to do it, but we don't really have anything special to share. I mean, there's nothing, we're not sure that we're the best one for this job. But they had no idea that they were the perfect ones for what I needed them to share because some of you will relate to their story. Here's their story in their own words. It says this, God led us to Faith Church about two years ago. Since then, we are so thankful for the messages, connect groups, and serve teams that we get to be a part of. The messages are applicable, and they pertain to what is happening in our lives. 
It's not just a sermon given blindly. It feels like God is speaking to us. Plus, we feel challenged to continue the study in both a suggested reading plan, which we have every week, a reading plan to kind of dig in and go beyond each message, a suggested reading plan, and in our connect groups. Daily Bible reading, they said, has always been a bit hard for us. So any kind of push is great. God also has spoken through the discussions that we've had in our connect groups, bringing us advice and comfort. Bonus, we've made relationships. I love this line. We've made relationships that we normally wouldn't seek out. We found friendships that we normally wouldn't seek out. We have found that here at Faith, you have the opportunity to serve more where your talents are. The motivation behind the serving is love instead of obligation. And we love that. As a family, our marriage is stronger and our interactions more patient and kind. What's your faith story? What story would you say? What story would you tell? What has God been doing in your life lately that's worth talking about? I promise you, it is more remarkable than you've given it credit for. Has God spoken something to your heart? Do you know how many people find it difficult to hear from God? But if you've heard from God, that's remarkable. Have you been inspired by his word lately? That's remarkable. So many people are longing for a relationship like yours. They just need to hear about it. And what if God would use you to be that story, to be the bearer of that good news that helps them discover joy this Christmas? What if it's from you? There's a second hurdle that a lot of people say, and the hurdle is this. I'm not really an outspoken sharing type. I'm not really the sharing type. I really, I mean, I've got some things, I've got a story, but it's really private. I'm more of a private person, not a public person. Here's the only problem with that. You share things all the time. You talk about your day all the time. Your, your children do some mediocre achievement and you tell the world about it. Like they won the Nobel Prize. I do it all the time. <laughs> Slap a sticker. My kid's an honor student. No, it's not. We share things all the time. And we should because it's good. It brought joy to our hearts. So why shouldn't we share it? We talk about how we got a promotion at work. We talk about the good things, the good deals that we found on sale at Price Chopper. We tell all sorts of people about the recipes that we've been making. You share things all the time. Uh, Y'all, I went to my first uh, Chiefs game this last Thursday. The outcome wasn't great, so I promised not to go again. <laughs> That's a lie. I went to this game, and I've, anybody who's been in a conversation longer than five minutes with me, I've told about my experience at the game. It wasn't even that they won, and I'm not a Chiefs fan. Well, a little bit of Chiefs fan. Like, it's not even that thing. It's not like, oh, I love this Chiefs. Like, no. My life has not been changed because I'm a Chiefs fan. Like, I'm not closer to God because I'm a Chiefs fan. Like, 
My life really hasn't changed. It was just a fun night with some great friends. And I've been telling people about it all over the place. You may think that you're not a sharer, but you are. Because if something is happening, something good happens, something funny happens, something worth talking about happens, you talk about it. You might not tell everyone, but you'll tell somebody. And what if you only need to share your story with one somebody and it forever changes their life? What if, what if your story matters, your faith story matters? It is more remarkable than what you think. This week I had another person send me their story. It's, it's quite remarkable, their story. I want to I share you their story in their own words. It says this, I can count the amount of times I've cried out to God, begging him to take me out of the mess I created and the life that I was living. Looking back now, it, it's amazing to see he heard me every single time. He has sent people into my life that said, join us, come try it. Being invited to a church that was filled with people that I'm familiar with made it more comfortable. However, I still dealt with, will I be accepted? I mean, this is the girl who chose to step out of her responsibilities and walk out of the role of being a mother and into drinking drugs and to be someone to say that the least of all my family was not even proud of. So to have these people, who are now my Connect Group leaders, be so inviting with open arms and invite me to church, encourage me to join their couples group and literally take my phone and install the Bible app was an eye-opener and that I was indeed ready to take a leap of faith. At this point in life, I already had done some, some of the easy things like quit drugs, drinking cigarettes, but I had not dealt with the real life under the surface junk that's where my most deepest appreciation comes from here at Faith Church. See, I've been taught my singing voice isn't going to be judged. Thank the Lord. I've learned to open my heart and allow the Lord to fill me with his spirit. And after praying and patience, I am able to pray in the spirit. And that has brought me such joy. It's such a beautiful feeling. I feel like everyone has someone in their life that they feel inspired by. As for me, it's all of you. I look forward to each Sunday so that I can fill my jars and be overflowing. The best way I can grow is to give my story away, to share it, help others, even just encourage and invite them to feel loved on just like I have. My life has been one struggle after another. And I promise you, until you ask God to change your heart, to deal with whatever you may be facing, you will experience struggle, hurt, and even feeling overwhelmed. I used to ask God to change the things that I couldn't handle. He doesn't work that way, though, because he can change you in your heart to handle that very situation. The enemy works real hard in the lives of us that were so weak. He will attack and fill your head with lies. For years, he was who overtook my mind, saying that you don't belong. You're never going to be good enough. And I believed him. I played the role of a hopeless addict, so I had no reason to believe any different. Because I had a Christian background, that would bring pieces of hope and little glimpses of faith during my times of darkness. 
In 2016, when I was blessed with my daughter, I felt that I had another chance to regain my title as mother and my older children who had already been adopted by my mother were slowly coming back into my life. I felt worthy again. A new sense of strength. My mindset was shifting back into this. Is it into this, this life meant for me. I can do this. Our daughter was born and the kids adored her. They were all so close in age. So a baby five years younger than my youngest was a joy for them. Not to mention being back in their mom and dad's life now. For three months, we admired everything about our little girl who rebirthed these relationships with one another that had been abandoned and non-existent for five years. My life, my life felt like I had it all. My heart was feeling complete. Little did we know our faith was about to face the ultimate test. Our daughter went to sleep and never woke up. The emotions are pretty indescribable. And I can assure you that I felt the pain my kids were feeling. I tried imagining what they must have been experiencing to have young minds hit so hard by trauma. I went into a functioning state of shock. My mind or the enemy said, you're not equipped to handle this. You are weak. You don't have what it takes so why don't you run back to drink or run back to any way you know how to handle this pain? I did the unexpected. I stood firm. I cried out to God and said, I can get through this, Lord. Please be with me. I need you. I didn't eat for three days, and I cried until my eyes were raw. Then it stopped. If I didn't know better, it felt like I was wrapped in his arms, like he was telling me, I will hold you until you can stand again. James 1, 2 through 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I'm now a proud recovering addict with over two years clean from all substances that I was delivered from it. The good news, my children remained in my life and by my side. They are some strong kids, and we all adore our latest addition, baby Adeline Grace. And we're even able to talk and remember our sweet, Noel. God has a way of bringing you out of the darkness. He saved a wretch like me. It's amazing that my story matters to someone. Here at Faith Church, I've had such a change of heart. I feel like life matters again. My soul has found its spark. I now crave wanting to know more. I feel like a sponge soaking it all up. I get tickled learning new Christian songs and the majority of the time have a happy attitude because I want focus on the good in life, and I've had enough bad to last a lifetime. I alone couldn't have made it through this life of mine, but with the help of a loving, godly people that reach out and inspire me to get back into church, and for Faith Church itself, who has made me want to turn my mess into a message and help anyone who thinks life has hit too hard. That's her faith story. Friends, you have a story, and it's worth sharing. Your story may not seem all that spectacular, but I promise you there's something of substance in it. Your story matters, and when you share your story, there is no greater joy that you will discover when someone's life gets pointed back to God simply because you shared some good news.
that meant something to you. This Christmas, there are hundreds of people who are just begging for some goodness. They've looked everywhere trying to find some joy. Your life may not be the picture perfect. Welcome to the club. You may have some broken things that you're working on. That's all right, we all do. God doesn't require perfection out of us. Never once has he required us perfection. The beautiful thing is that we are all a mosaic of fragmented and broken pieces that when we let the light of Jesus shine through, creates this beautiful picture. Faith Church family, we are a mosaic. Your story matters. What has God done in your heart? Share it. Share an invitation and share your story. Who knows what's on the other side of that decision? I love verse 20 of Luke 2. It says, And then when the shepherds returned, they were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. I think they were praising God for two reasons. Number one, they were praising God because they saw the Savior themselves and it filled them with great joy. But they also saw the power of what it looks like for a person to share with another person the good news about the Savior being born. Because everybody who heard them share the story were amazed and filled with the same joy. And I think they walked away from that encounter. They walked away from that season. They walked away from those moments and saying, God alone is worthy to be praised because of what we've seen with our eyes. Because God has used us to tell our story. We shared an invitation to come to the manger. And their story was found with great joy now because they saw the good news. Wrapped and clothed in humanity. I want to challenge you to do three things this week. I want to challenge you to do three things ongoingly. Number one, invite somebody to come to church with you next Sunday. Maybe invite many people personally. Who do you know that's far from God, but they're close to you? Most people are just waiting for an invite from you so that they can say yes. Invite somebody. Invite them to save their seat. Show up. I'm, I'm believing not only that we pack this place out with standing room only and you're the one standing because we as a church, we make room for more people to belong. But I'm believing that 50 people say yes to Jesus. Anybody willing to believe that with me this week? So let's get busy sharing invitations this week, inviting the people who need to be here. Second thing, share your faith story. What has God been doing in your heart lately? Has it been radical? Has it just been mundane? What is it that God's been doing in your heart? You need to share it. Go on to our central hub. There's a spot there to share your faith story. Share your story. We're hoping to be able to share these kinds of stories with many people into the new year using them to help tell your story as a testimony 
to give other people the courage that they need to show up to church for the first time. Because there are so many people who are scared that the minute they walk through the doors, they're going to get struck by lightning. That they could never belong, that they never could show up, that they never could be welcomed in a place like this. But we know that that's not the case in this place. We know that this is a place that they can belong. And when they hear your personal story, they're willing to say yes and come along. And we want to share those stories. But we want you to share those stories too. Share them on the hub. And finally, share weekly what God is speaking to you. If you tweet it, tweet it. If you Facebook it, Facebook it. If you Snapchat it or Instagram it, do it. Wherever you're at, what is God saying to you week in and week out? What's one takeaway that you have from today's message? Post it. Talk about it. Share a picture about it. Why? Because the more you're sharing, it creates an open invitation for other people to come and experience the good news that will bring them great joy. And it is for all people. I believe the Christmas story is the most remarkable story ever. And I believe that it can go viral. And I believe it already has gone viral because for centuries, people like you and me who just live ordinary lives have come in contact with an extraordinary Savior. And we've discovered good news. And it's because people like you and me through the centuries have decided to share that good news with somebody else, to share an invitation, to share their faith story, and invite them into the process. What would it look like if we started sharing the good news that brought us great joy? Let's share an invitation. Let's share our faith story. Let's share what God is doing and let's celebrate it together. Will you bow your heads as we pray today? Father, I I pray that you would meet us in this moment. God, this week, many of us are contemplating. We've got this feeling inside of us, even God, that we know who we're supposed to call, Lord. You've already brought a name to our hearts, somebody that's close to us, but far from you. God, I pray that we would take the courage. We would just reach out and we would invite them. We would share an invitation. We would share our faith story. Lord, let us be people who are like the shepherds, who have discovered the good news, who have received of this great joy. And we recognize, God, that it is for all people. A Savior born for us all. So, Father, help us this week to steward this message and to share it so that Christmas can go viral and touch more hearts than we've ever dreamed or imagined. And we thank you for what you've done in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.